0: balling, balling, balling ballin like Mike Trout, counting dollars in Gucci Prada
1: wallets. We're matching belts, driving polars while me bottles, smoking the bun and now screaming. Life's good in my hood, balling like Mike Trout. i to be balling, balling, balling ballin like Mike Trout, counting dollars in Gucci Prada wallets. We're matching belts, driving polars while me bottles, smoking the bun and now screaming. Likes good in my hood, balling. gathered from different counties. My is like a movie you What is up? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Joined as always with Daniel Garcia. Man, we are back for our spring streaming uh, podcast here. We're getting ready to the start the season. The Angels have gotten themselves going. Uh, we've got a few games to see what, they're, uh, what they got going. Actually, today was the first day that they actually had... Some real position players playing today, so we're excited for that. Um, quickly want to thank everyone who listened to the podcast last week. We got some emails and this weekend, so we'll get to those in a second. Um, we also want to touch on a lot of things. Uh, what do you want to touch on first, Daniel? I think
2: probably the biggest thing we can talk about right now is, of course, the Otani. Uh, not only his pitching, but now his batting. He's had a two... Two games batting and one bat, uh, one game pitching so far, so I think you know not only are the Angels fans to see how he does, but not uh, but the whole world. You know? There's a ton of press down there. I have family that live in the area, and they said and you can just tell the difference between you know, this year and, and previous years past. It's just, not only the press being there and being tons of uh, photographers and interviewers, but just people in general.
1: Yeah, you know, the when the uh, Japanese get a player in the big league man, they go out and show full support. The Dodgers had that with Hideki Nomo years ago, and it was insane. Hideki was one of the first uh, Japanese players to come over, so that was a big deal. and then of course 8-year-olds, So the Angels are finally getting a taste of the the big name Japanese player on their team. We had Matsui, but kind of towards the twilight of his career. So having a guy like Shohei, the Babe Ruth quote unquote of ja- of Japan, on our team, man, that's exciting. And I'll be in spring training. I'll leave Friday, so I'm gonna have a taste of, the, of some uh, Japanese. Media over there, so we'll see how that goes. So, um, let's get into actually his, his first game. He uh, he started on what was that like my trout, a beat, balling, balling, balling like my trout, counting ballads and Gucci pot of wallets, matching belts, driving pilots while pounding by, smoking a bunny now, screaming like good in my hood, balling like my trout
2: on 30 pitch limit but for the most part he seemed fine his velocity was there there was no actual um, radar gun on the screen but from reports from people that were there um, he was around the the 96 97 topping out so it's right around where you want him to be at this point in the year but again two strikeouts so you see his stuff you see his movement is is there as of right now a little bit with the command because there's a couple times where he got deep into counts again 26 pitches in the first inning. So you're not crazy about mm-hmm. that. But, you know, then again, it's spring training. So yeah. I'm sure some uh, nervousness, excitement all kind all right. of rolled into one into him.
1: And, you know, he mentioned it in a post-game interview. And I don't have the clip of that. But he mentioned that he was just – he was he wanted to make sure that he threw every pitch at least twice. Right. And he didn't really have a, a, a game plan to go attack hitters. He just wanted to make sure that his pitches were in. He was getting his pitches in at least twice in the game. Um, I have a little clip here of Shohei – uh, his highlights of his first game on the mound as a major league baseball player even though it was a spring training game here we go that's meant by vr who has
3: excellent speed just taking his time there's one that's cut on and missed and he got him struck him out low and away worth a strikeout victim and that is the game's first out Mostly, though, in Triple-A, waits on deck the next delivery. This is a pop-up foul behind the plate. Maldonado going back near the screen has the play and makes the catch. So a uh, foul out off the bat of Pena. Here's the 1-2. And that is right down the heart of the plate. Struck him out looking, and the inning is over. Here's the 1-0 on Nick Franklin. He cuts it that one, pots it in the air into left field. Battling the sun is Hermosillo. Now he's under, and he makes the grab. And now we see Mike Sosia coming out to the mound. So apparently that's going to be it for Otani, who threw 31 pitches today.
1: So 31 pitches on his uh, debut in spring training. He, uh, to me, I, he looked okay. I mean, the one thing that stood out to me, and they mentioned it on the on the broadcast, was how consistent he is with his windup. Right. How his motion seems so smooth, and to me, that's a big deal because. If your motion is smooth and everything's consistent, injuries might not happen as often. And that's something that, you know, obviously Shohei had the, the, the what is it, the minor sprain or tear yeah, or whatever. And
2: the ankle. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the ankle owner. and then the ulnar craddle. Yeah, there. so
1: um, him being consistent and being smooth on the mound can, is only, it benefits him in the long run.
2: Yeah, what I really like too, because coming into spring training, you know, they said that the normal players weren't really going to get... Uh, any kind of runtime until later in spring training, which is, you know, happened to be today. But what I really liked about it was that even though the second game was spring training um, or third game, Perez, uh, Maldonado was his catcher. So you started working on the on the communication, the um, connection between, you know, um, pitcher and catcher on that. Uh, Maldonado, when they found out they signed Otani, first thing he asked for was all his games pitched in the Japanese league because he wants to know what he's working with. He wants to know how much movement what he likes to do as far as when two uh the you know the two two strikes are on a guy or when he's working from behind so the fact that Maldonado was out there catching early in, in spring training I really I really like that fact
1: yeah Maldonado is is the best defensive catcher in the league obviously winning the gold glove last year but the dude is smart he knows how to call a game and having having a guy like Maldonado behind the plate for Shohei is crucial it it only benefits him in the long run getting acclimated to major league baseball so Otani first starter the, of the season on the mound. People were already—he's a bust. A lot of people on social media were so upset. You can't base anything, whether he's good or bad, on thirty pitches in a spring training game, people. So give him some time. I thought he did okay, uh, especially after hearing his post-game interview talking about how he wanted to get certain pitches in in this day. He didn't really have a, a set game plan on attacking batters a certain way. He just wanted to get his pitches in. So. Moving from his major league debut, I guess not major league debut, but spring training debut, on the mound, he had a uh, his another first, debut if you put it that way. I mean, his pitching debut, debut, his batting debut. I mean, second debut of the spring for Shohei Otani. He went uh, one for one with a single and two walks. Right. Um, he had an interview by Fox Sports West, and we're gonna play that clip for you, talking about talking about what his plan was on attacking. Uh,
0: or his, his plan at I was just trying to be aggressive from the first at bat, but I didn't get too many
3: balls I could um, drive. So I took a couple walks, but I was able to get that base
4: hit out of the way. So it felt good that being said were you more aggressive in that third bat knowing
3: that you've
0: been walked twice and wanting to hopefully make a difference yeah, and on top
3: of that, there was one around scoring position, and I had the two walks, so I was going to be aggressive from the first pitch. That
4: was my approach. And finally, um, I know it's early in spring, but how you've been able to divide
2: your time working on your pitching and your hitting so far?
3: I feel like I'm balancing it out pretty well, both pitching and hitting, practice-wise, and I feel like every day it's just been great work every day, so I just want to keep keep it going.
1: So there you have it, Shohei Otani talking about his his uh, spring training a- approach to the plate, kind of getting it's it's hard to it's hard to say like, look, this is what I'm gonna do from now on. You know, it's spring training game. Uh, you take it with a grain of salt But I liked his approach at the plate Just from seeing him this three at bats Looked like he knew How to take pitches I mean Everything like I said Even with his pitching Everything is so fluid Everything so smooth That's how he looked like At the plate to me
2: Yeah you can tell too He's able to pick up the ball Really well in his In his um, at bats That first at bat He was down 0-2 And still was able to Work a walk out of it Um seen from different pitchers too so you didn't have the comfortability to coming up and saying like okay i seen this guy's curveball oh i seen this guy's slider it was a new pitcher every time so the fact that he was able to get walks and then finally get that that hit to get the rbi was, yeah. you know was cool like again the spring training there's more to develop into it but it's definitely a good a
1: good start for sure so we're gonna jump all around here with because spring training is, is is starting to get into full swing so we're gonna jump around from topic to topic we're gonna go into a an email that we got from a uh, uh, um our listeners we got an email from jason Kent. and his emails is his email says so early on we're seeing a lot of youngsters playing i like seeing the young guys took us a while to have any guys worth being hyped over but i'm liking what i'm seeing anyway we see joe adele this spring what are your guys thoughts on the farm system so yeah that's true we've been watching a lot the until today uh, the Angels are probably, they probably had maybe what, two or three top tier guys in their lineup? Yeah, I mean, if, if, besides
2: games. pitchers, because you had, you yeah. know, you had Skaggs, you have Haney, you had Bridwell, you Richards. had uh, Richards, Tropiano, Shoemaker. So, besides the pitching guys, yeah, this is the first time where you've seen what could be the opening day lineup um, coming up in a month or so. But yeah, you see a lot of young guys before that getting run, or even older guys trying to make a spot, like an mm-hmm. EY, like a, a Chris Carter. Chris Carter that they picked up right before spring training. So, you see a lot of those guys. Um, getting in there and getting their at-bats before that?
1: Yeah, so I'm liking the young guys that we do have. I mean, Jam Jones, Jemai Jones. We had a – Jemai Jones is a friend of the All Angels podcast. We uh, interviewed him last season at Inland Empire 66ers. He was a great guy. He ended up having a hell of a season there towards the end. So he's one of the uh, top-rated players in the Angels farm system, and we've seen him in a couple of spring training games already, making some good defensive plays in the outfield. Joe Adele, he mentioned Joe Adele, Jason did, and – I don't think we'll see him in any spring training games because he's so young and raw. He's on the minor league camp. Right. I'm yeah. assuming he's going to get uh, at bats at the minor league level. Um, I'm hoping that he does start at high A in the so we can season. we can get you guys an interview here on the All Angels podcast. But I'm liking where the farm system's going. We got guys like Dice, or Mocio, um yeah. some some decent pitchers here and there. Um, I can't really say about starting pitchers, but a lot of good looks like we have a lot of good middle relievers. Um, the Angels, it took some time. DePoto really depleted our system right? with signings and trades or whatever that he made. And I think Billy Eppler's done a great job of, of not go, breaking bank for guys. Like, if we would have gotten Ustakis this season, we would have lost a couple of picks. Uh, him making deals, like, for Cozart and, and making making the, not making the Josh Hamilton deal. You right, know? everything
2: and, they've and, done and, is, is comfortable. Like, yeah. you feel comfortable signing Cozart to a three-year deal. Right,
1: it sets you- up... You right now on the major league level, and it sets up the minor league system because nothing gets taken away from you.
2: Right, exactly, and then kind of like we were saying with Joe Adele, yeah, he didn't get the, you didn't get a, a non-roster invitee, so there was 19 non-roster invitees besides the 40-man roster guys that were already there. But um so yeah, you won't see him in any kind of a spring training game again. Minor league camp, um, hopefully, like you said, starts at high a but probably more realistic and low a and then maybe a month or two into the season he'll be up in the 66ers organization and hopefully to do the same thing with they did with jamai get him up there let him stay up there let him develop there and then you're following spring uh spring training maybe then you'll see him as a non-roster invitee to get some run with the uh, actual big leaguers
1: right right so that's your answer in, in a nutshell there uh jason uh, we got another email from Lamar uh, He's uh, actually uh, a listener of my other podcast The Blazing Malfonsky Wrestling Podcast Which you can listen to as well But he sent us, yeah, He sent us an email on here He said yo it's that time of year When are you guys going to Arizona I'm leaving Friday And uh, can't wait and He says obviously the strength of this team is going to be the offense So what's the weak spot in your opinion Rotation, bullpen, or depth In general um, Dan you want to start this one off
2: i think honestly it's probably going to be if you're going to pick a weakness i might say starting pitching just because they're unproven okay there's there's talent there there's definitely talent there there's upside there but the lack of showing it and lack of being healthy just the unknown not knowing what it is or what it isn't i think is a weakness in itself yeah. So again, yeah, offense is going to be fine The back end of the rotation Whether it's uh, Middleton, Parker, or Bedrosian I think that will sort itself out But when you look at the starting pitching And everywhere you're reading or hearing from That's what's going to come down Whether the Angels make the playoffs mm-hmm. Whether they make the playoffs as a division winner As a wild card team um, There's just a lot of questions there that I'm not sure have been answered yet yeah. And I think that would kind of makes it a weakness
1: I'm going to be devil's advocate and pick something different I'll say just the depth in general on the bench. Uh, I think right now the Angels are kind of looking at that Cliff Pennington spot right now and going, who's going to be our Cliff Pen- Pennington this year? I know they got Cowart out there, and they yeah. have um, uh, Fontana. Fontana are probably your and, two,
2: made, two yeah. guys that are probably battling out to be that, it, that utility it, And player. Walsh.
1: Um, Valbuena is obviously going to be the guy playing first base whenever— First and third. First yeah. and third when Kozar needs a day off or when Albert's dh uh, Luis is going to play first base. My my opinion was uh, Luis can play every position in the infield, except maybe shortstop. He's played it before, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be your super utility guy if you had absolutely had to. Well, don't forget, too, so, Kozart
2: had a, an all-star year at shortstop the year before. Right. So, if say, if, if Simmons needs yeah. a day off for whatever reason, you can move Cozart to short, move, to move third. The third. Yeah. So, there's a lot of... Um, you, there's a lot of... They can use different guys in different places, right. but not, they wouldn't be 100% out of place, if, if that makes sense. Right, right. So, I, and with the Otani thing, if everything works out, he's going to be an extra, pretty much an extra roster spot because now right. you have a DH and a pitcher, you know, taking yeah. up one spot. Right. So I think, you know, whether it's Cowart because he was up with the team last year and right. he kind of has that experience, he can play third... He can play second like he did last year. Again, if mm-hmm. worst-case scenario, if you need to move Kozar to shortstop for a game or two to give uh, Simmons a break, you can put Cowart at third. You can put uh, Valbuena at third or first. So, I mean, the depth, again, it kind of goes to two. It's kind of unproven just because you don't know what Cowart, Cowart kind of uh, had a down uh, end of the year last year. So, see how that goes. The, the problem that...
1: with Cowart is he's a left-handed bat, right, or is he a switch hitter? He's just left-handed, right? Yeah. I I kind of like the fact that Pennington could could swing the the bat from both sides of the plate. So to have that off your bench is 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 pretty like I don't want to say it's a necessity, but it's definitely an advantage. You know when you're having when you have to play that that mind game or that the opposing team brings in a lefty, so you're gonna hey I don't care I got a guy that can can bat right handed. Right. You know so I don't know that's that's something the that Angels definitely I think depth is you know in the outfield. They signed EY Junior to a minor league deal. I don't think he's making the team as a fourth outfielder spot because they did sign uh, Chris Young to a major league deal, and he's a pretty decent, you know, outfielder. So, you know, I know he got hurt you know, early. Hasn't played. Early yet, on, hasn't yeah. played, but that's a guy that they signed to a major league deal, and I don't see them sending him down. I think he's pretty much got that spot locked up. I think it's his to take. Um, I love EY Junior. I would like for him to be out there in the outfield in the fourth spot, but, you know, he, signed, he did sign him in a minor league deal, and he's got to make this team, so, um, the outfield, I think, will be okay, um, but, I don't know, that infield utility guy position still hasn't been filled, I don't know what the angels are going to do there, um, moving on, I said we're all over the place, but, another email from another listener, Mike Vigil, he said, hey guys, so a six-man rotation, aside from the obvious, and then in parentheses, wear and tear, How else does this benefit the Angels? And can you see this becoming more of a thing around the league? Um, The six man rotation has been, as soon as Shohei signed, the Angels talked about that. Uh, Japan, they do the six man rotation thing. And it makes sense for the Angels to go to the six man rotation too because it helps with injuries. Right. For, you know, it helps giving the guys extra days off. I have a clip here that talks about the six man rotation, uh, you know, with. you know, with Shohei Ohtani um, getting acclimated to um, uh, getting acclimated to the major league level, um, it, it the, the six-man rotation could only help the Angels. And this this clip kind of just talks about uh, what their plan is. Uh, the first person that speaks on it is Mike Sosha. Uh, he talks about it, and then Mike Sosha, followed by Matt Shoemaker, followed by Parker Bridwell, and then followed by Garrett Richards. They all talk in that order about the six-man rotation.
0: So here it is. Around baseball.
2: We're looking at a six-man rotation. Um, there are times when guys will pitch on five days, uh, certain por- portions of whatever our rotation is, the six best guys we, we jump out. And uh, we will definitely continue
0: to evaluate it and see what we can draw off it to see if it's um, what the team needs. It's going to be
4: interesting because we've not really been in that position before. So I think it's going to be good to use this spring to, you know, get acclimated to that. Whether that extra day is going to be a workout or bullpen day, or it's going to be an- another rest day. If I have a role, then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give my team the best chance to win. And uh, you know, that's all I can ask for. Uh, I've got to come in and I've got to prove myself and I've got to earn a spot. Like I said, so. Um, yeah, you know, a six-man rotation. If that gives me an opportunity to pitch in the big leagues, or you know,
0: give my team a chance to win, then I'm all for it. Getting
3: that extra day in there, uh, I mean, it can only help you. You know, you're not, you're not having to pitch on five days. You might have to throw on six days, and and any rest you can get during the season is a good thing. So, um, you know, we're just gonna you know see how it it goes during here in spring and and, then try and get a a plan of attack going into after spring training and uh, you know hopefully we can get everything ironed out and and kind of utilize the depth that we have I mean we got 13 quality guys that are you know here in camp 14 guys in camp that are uh, ready to go and and uh, hopefully we can do it together
1: all right so that was uh, the guys talking about the six-man rotation so um, we'll get back to more on that in a moment after a word from our sponsors
0: Hey fellow fit nerds, this is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life. I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram, it's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation, everybody needs some inspiration, check out our page. We have Superhero Workouts, we're going to be launching um, a brand new Fit Kit pretty soon, and we have a YouTube channel, so please check that out. Uh, My email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com, so like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is uh, certainly the place to get started, thanks so much.
1: And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. So we are back. All right. Thank, this thank to GroomGoon.com and Superheroes Nutrition for all they do for us. Um... We're going to keep going with the emails. Um, the emails this week were pretty like all over the place, but that's cool because it's spring training and we're trying to figure out what the Angels are going to do. This next email was from Duncan Healy. Um, he said, hey there, guys. So I know it's early in spring training, but if but how do you see this lineup falling in a place? Kinsler leading off. Uh, here's his prediction. He says, remember, it's early. He's, he likes Kinsler, Calhoun, Trout, Pujols, Upton, Otani, Cozart, Simmons, and Maldonado. When Otani doesn't play, he likes Kenzer Calhoun, Trout, Pujols, Upton, Cozart, Valbuena, Simmons, and Maldonado. So the theme seems to be Maldonado at the bottom of the lineup, which is, which is fine. That's I mean, what it was last year. Right, um, which is good. Uh, what we didn't mention is that we have, as always, we have Chris the Curator Johnson, our producer, the uh, the Halo Haven creator here with us. But we also have uh, Jason Henders from the Dose Leprechauns podcast live in studio here as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring you guys in if you want, Chris and, and Jason. Uh, we're going to talk about the Angels' uh, lineup situation. Now, as far as I, as for me, I'm digging I, – I, I, the leadoff position now in baseball is so different from what it was back in the day. Back in the day, you had guys like Greg Butler. You, guys, you had guys like Otis Nixon, speedy little guys that can get on base. But now it's kind of a different game. Uh, baseball's kind of changed. Um, I like Kinsler at the top of the lineup because it makes sense if you look up and down the guys that we have for that leadoff position. He makes the most sense at the leadoff spot in my opinion. Um, but I, I definitely think Kinsler can lead off. But I would have Trout bat second because you get him more at bats during the game instead of having him bat third. So I would have at least Kinsler leading off and Trout batting second. That way you get a left handed bat in Calhoun further down the lineup that can pro- provide a little bit of pop. That's just me. What are your guys' opinion? I'll go this way. Jason, what do you think about the lineups?
3: Yeah, I agree with you, John. I like Kinsler leading off. I think uh, he can get, get on bases. Uh, he struggled a little bit last year uh, with Detroit, but I think he's the type of guy that's going to bounce back. Uh, seems to be pretty – still got some good wheels behind him and stuff, so I think that's you hit the nail on the head. He's he's your leadoff guy. Um, actually, I don't know whose prediction this is, but I agree with Calhoun actually batting second. Okay. Having Cole over there because, you know, you have Upton coming in after Trout and Pujols, so – little pop at the second point I don't know if he has been watching but he's been really working on slapping the ball a little bit so the teams can't defend against the pull I have noticed Uh, his
1: his opposite field approach
3: yeah and I know I listened to an interview where they were saying that they've really been working on that in the offseason have him you know go the opposite field a little bit more so that teams can't you know put the shift on to to make it almost an automatic out if it's a ground ball so right uh, yeah I like Calhoun coming in second but I think Kinsler's our leadoff guy
1: and and the third spot in the in the lineup that has to be Mike Trout oh. then if, if, if you're going to Calhoun, right?
3: Absolutely. And I think even with Pujols coming into camp, looking a lot leaner and meaner and all that kind of stuff and looking for that 3,000th hit, I still think he's your cleanup guy. Okay. You go know, Trout, Pujols, and then uh, Upton, of course.
1: Okay. What about you, Chris?
4: Yeah, the only thing I can see that we could sw- kind of flip-flop a little bit is, I don't know, um, maybe throw Upton as your cleanup hitter. Instead of pull holes, that's one thing. Or you can flip flop Kinsler and Calhoun, but I think everything else is solid. I guess you have to see how Otani comes along. Maybe he might move up down the way, but um, I think it's I think it's a good prediction. It was a, what Duncan Healy, Duncan, Duncan. Yeah, dead pretty, horse. That's pretty solid. Oh, wow. I don't know. Man. They, need put, they need to get that guy on staff right there. Right. Yeah. Daniel,
1: what, what do you think?
2: No, I I, I agree with Kinsler um, batting lead off because he's able to steal your base, he's able to get on base. Um, Kind of like we were saying before, the, the requirements of being a leadoff man isn't the same as it yeah. was, you know, 10, 15 years ago or even probably five years ago. Um, trout in the second spot. Second or third spot, I can take it or leave it kind of deal. Second spot, I like the idea that he is uh, getting up more. He's had more chances at bat. Um, I think the big question, too, is holes and how much is he going to be able to take playing more first bases here than he wanted to or he did last year. But uh, having the Trout... Uh, Upton, Pujols, kind of boom, boom, boom. However you see it, whether yeah. it's whether it's uh, three, four, five or two, three, right. four, I think that's going to be a real make or break part of the of the lineup. But um, Maldonado, Maldonado and Simmons batting eight and nine, I think that's cool. That's how they were I, last yeah. year. Yeah. And 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 um, Simmons batting ninth or batting eight, sorry, and having the year he had last year, yeah. and not only the home runs but getting on base, and able to flip the lineup back over. Yeah. I think is a, something social really enjoys. But yeah. I you know, what they saw today at the game, and for people that didn't watch the game, it went uh, Kinsler, Trout, Upton, Pujols, Calhoun, uh, Cozart, Valbuena, Simmons, and Maldonado. I think that is pretty close to what the starting lineup is going to be in opening day. Yeah, give or take. Kind of like what they were the guys were saying. You know, maybe Trout bounced down to the third spot. But, I, I mean, I don't see any kind of wholesale changes with what they did today.
4: Right. I... I, I... I'm looking at it, a lineup card on the on the wall in the garage. Official lineup card that from one's a little August rough. 2nd, 2011. So look at our lineup that we just discussed. I'm looking at is Turris, my is Turris. It looks like... Ibar. Uh, Ibar. No, H- Abreu, Abreu. Abreu, I'm sorry. Torrey Hunter, Vernon Wells, Ooh. Howie Kendrick. We um, got Trumbo, Ibar, Borges, and Bobby Wilson. So look at our current lineup compared to that. I'm feeling pretty comfortable yeah. this season.
1: No doubt. Yeah, the, our lineup up and down. It's yep. uh, somebody mentioned it. It's going to be our strong suit. The offense is a strong suit this year. Um, I don't. You, you guys are talking about moving Pujols. I don't think Pujols is going to move from either three or four. I think he's pretty egotistical. I hate to say. Yeah, I think it, it, it's but,
4: like in his contract. He has yeah, three
1: or I don't four. think Pujols, be. he's the not, There's no way he's going to bat fifth no. in that lineup. Yeah, you know, but it, it, it's fine to me because whoever you put behind Pujols is going to get some decent at bat It's, it's probably going to be up then. Um, or even anybody, even Shohei at the five spot, depending That's on what he's know, able to man. do. Um, but I like the bottom of the order only because Simmons and Maldonado don't have the pressure of having after driving guys. They, they can go up there, have an approach of just getting on base. Um, there'll be guys that are getting on base in front of them. And then when, uh, Valbuena plays, Valbuena hit 22 home runs last year. So they have him at the bottom of the lineup with 22 home runs. That's pretty. That's pretty let, and good then, too.
2: And then let me ask you this too, and I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here. Do you think it'll change at all? And for people that don't know, Angel Stadium is lowering the fence right. in um, yeah. right field, so now that's going to obviously benefit Valbuena, um, Cole, Cole so, definitely Cole and Shohei. and Shohei. So do you think with the lower fences in right field, that's going to maybe move uh, Calhoun maybe back up to that second spot, like you were saying, or maybe even Otani to the 5th sixish sixth-ish spot, or do you think they're going to keep it kind of how it
3: is? I, I think we have to remember that Otani is a prospect still. Right, so yeah. I, I just don't see him as our, our fifth guy protecting either Holtz or Trout, however you go about that, or Upton for that matter. So I, I still think he's somebody that you got to look at toward the bottom of the lineup. I mean, I, and if you are if you ask me, I mean, what did he hit in Japan? Like 17 home runs, tw- something like 15, 17 home runs? Yeah, so, Last actually, he, he
2: didn't play a full season. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's not like he's a big power guy anyways. I think he's a guy that can drive the ball and, and be a uh, – a serviceable DH, but I really think that if we're talking about Otani, I think it's really more for his arm. Yeah, and yeah, sure. uh, that's so, even Folsh
2: has been on the record saying they were they're yeah. looking at him as pitcher first. Right, so
3: I think you know Cole definitely is going to benefit maybe dropping him down to that cleanup or fifth spot. But yeah, you know it Cole when he drives the ball when he gets a hold of one, it's going to go no matter how short the fences are. So I, I you know, I still think he's our second, our second batter. And there
1: was a few like balls he hit last year, or even a few years back, that hit oh. the very top of that wall. Yeah, that the would be home player, runs yeah. now. True. So. I mean, you add maybe four to five more home runs. That's at least twenty five, twenty six home yeah. runs a season from Cole Calhoun. It's, it's that's. I'm digging that's, it. Uh,
4: it's a bounce back year for Cole. I'm feeling.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the defense is there. Offensively, I think he can turn it up. Yep. Chris, do you got anything? On well, that? man,
4: Cole's kind of been lost in the shuffle. You remember all the hype around Cole sure. a few yeah. years ago? There's a lot of you know behind Trout. He's probably the second most light player. So. So yeah, I guess he has something to prove this year. And I, I mean, with those fences being lowered, how many times did he hit you know doubles off that right. top yeah. wall? Yeah, I mean, all, that all time, the time. That's, time
3: deal. Yeah, that's his bread and butter right there. So and yeah. if, we, if we can go back real quick, I heard you guys talking about the middle infield and your, your, uh, John, your concern about not having that Cliff Pennington type guy. But a name I didn't hear you guys mention that I, I think can really play a key role is Caleb Cowart. You know, he's a guy that's kind of been lost in the shuffle a little bit in terms of uh, you know he's had all this hype and all that kind of stuff and. I think he's a guy that can come around and kind of fill a little bit of that void. I mean, he's never been a guy that's going to hit a lot of home runs or anything like that. But I mean, to to go back to that issue, I think Caleb Coward's a guy to you keep your eye on along with Fontana and uh, some of the others. But I, I think you can see him getting a role in this team, some more significant at bats. I think he could really do some damage.
1: Yeah, I think he, I think he could be okay. Um, I think what what like I mentioned before was I think he's just he's a left-handed bat, right, and that that might be his downfall, but he's uh defensively he's good he can play third he could play yeah. second um i think i think he might have played in the alpha a little bit last year yeah. too as well so that, that's a guy that you can probably yeah plug in there from time to time when a guy gets hurt so we'll have to look into that um I, we had another email from our listener lauren she said hey there guys uh can we say that chrome being traded was only a matter of time trade makes sense it's just funny how some people get upset over the trade love uh, the show by the way can't wait for the weekly show um, what did you guys think about the Krohn? T- I know you were upset a little bit, Jason, and I texted you back. I was like, ah, I never really liked the guy. T- yeah. being the- I never saw him being the, the the star first baseman that a lot of people did. He was way too streaky at times for me to be okay. I was okay with the trade of Krohn of because I knew it was going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. I just wish we probably would have gotten a little bit more for it.
3: I'll, I'll be honest. You're not going to like this, John, but uh, <laughs> I would have preferred to trade a guy like Valbuena. Okay. Only because I feel like we're. I feel Krohn's like one... one uh, one season, I really think he's going to blow up in Bay. Really? I, I think I, I, see see him, I see him hitting 30, 35 bombs this year, no joke, because oh, he's, he's going to get those consistent at-bats. I don't and, know. I see the, my, to me, I think he's just
1: inconsistent.
3: He has, but he never really had that much consistency. He was like, okay, we're going to bring you down to AAA, and a, bring you back yeah, up. Kind of typical Socia, exactly. You those reps to he, really feel comfortable. He's, he's loyal to a fault, but then a guy like Crony he kind of plays around with this, you know, we're yeah. going to send you down to AAA, bring you back up, here's an at-bat here and there. You see when he gets consistent at bats he he drives the ball he gets that swing back and I don't know man I think I am going to call it right now and say he hits 30 home runs this wow. year for the for Tampa Bay. Everyone hits 30 home runs. I mean and probably about out for Cleveland's at well, 30 home and and runs yeah, probably those <laughs> against the Angels. Too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, yeah. he's going to we'll, we'll re, I don't
1: know. I, I I just I just wish we would have gotten more. I if you were going to trade him I would have traded I would have traded him last year and gotten somebody better like yeah. a really decent middle of the guy middle of the rotation type guy or a really a good bullpen arm Instead, we got a player to be named later that's where i was kind of like man well we could have Has least... it been
4: named yeah so, he yeah. hasn't been named you know probably not even
2: yeah
1: so like i mean how, I,
4: how much later here
1: yeah i mean i i was on the i was kind of like whatever it is what it is business um he was out of options i don't yeah. i didn't see him being valbuena signed to a deal this year for seven million dollars and the angels have a team option for the third year so i knew they weren't going to trade valbuena yeah in that, that sense so I was like, well, somebody's got to go. And, it's gotta, and they signed Shohei. right? And that means Pujols is going to pay a little bit more for base space now. I'm like, well, somebody's asked out. And it had to be CJ Krohn.
3: Yeah, you're. I feel you 100% on the whole thing of yeah. wanting to get more out of a guy like CJ Krohn. But uh, I think it was a little bit too early to pull the trigger on that one. I think he could have gotten a little bit more creative with who you get back or who you even send away. But we'll see how it plays out. We don't, we're sitting here talking on a podcast. Billy Upler's making a million dollars to make these deals. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, and then, we'll see what happens. And
2: do you think, too, because... Going back to, you know, Crone, you know, getting shipped off, now you're obviously going to need some kind of replacement for pool holes because, you know, his numbers, his years are, you know, coming up. Matt Dice, you know, we saw him last year at the mm-hmm. Empire 66ers. He went up to Mobile um, about a little past halfway last year. Um, had a really good fall league from everything I've heard. Is up with the team now at the non roster invitee. Is there a chance you think that he would be the guy? Maybe not, not this year, not next year, but maybe. You know, two, three years, they feel comfortable enough with them saying, you know what, we'll start fresh.
1: Yeah. Kind of like you were saying with
2: the options, they ran out with Mm -hmm. Crone, but now we can start fresh with this kid, not this year, but next year, but and see how he develops into that first baseman of the the future. I I I
1: agree 100% because if Albuena has a good season where he at least bats 270. And hits the same amount of home runs and drives in and runs. Angels are going to pick up his option. That gives thias another year to develop because he's young.
2: Right. He's only going to be twenty
3: three yeah. this year, so it's so, not
2: not any kind of rush. Yeah. And, so it
3: gives him time to develop, and you bring him in, and boom, there's your first baseman. Right. And really, you want to talk about it that way. You got a guy like Chris Carter, you can have as an insurance policy. Exactly. And I think, and
2: I think that's the reason why yep. they signed because that signing happened what like two days after yeah. the Trump, yeah that's exactly the, what it was. Trump, uh-huh. It's just hey if. if if Chrome or if, uh, sorry, if, if Pujols needs some time off for a nagging injury, you need a first baseman. Valbuena is probably going to be more that utility guy, mm-hmm. but for an everyday first baseman, I can see him bringing a Carter player, up Carter yeah. up and, and plugging there. Because remember, two years ago he led the league in, in home runs. Right. And, right last year, he got dfa from the Yankees. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it was nagging injury or or, or what, but you know, if he's able to hit half the, as what he did two years ago, the Angels will be fine as, as a backup kind of backup first baseman.
1: For sure, he was definitely that guy that they're going to have in their back pocket just in case of anything they can provide some pop you know so good there the other thing we needed to touch on that we really didn't touch too much on and i do have a clip for it i just got to get it here um the bullpen situation guys we've talked dan and i have talked about this on the podcast already a few times i want to get your take on this jason what do you think about the angels bullpen and the options they have at the closer role
3: that's been that's my uh that's my biggest concern you guys are talking about your biggest concerns that's my my the, the back end you know, I Parker got lit up today. Yeah, I was. I mean, again, spring training. I even tweeted in or whatever the show saying you can't get too high or too low. But I don't know, man. That was a little, little scary to me. But yeah, I, I, I personally like he in the yeah. closer role. I think he's kind of got that guy that's got that electric stuff that can come in and, and shut the door. He and kind of has that attitude. Like, got, exactly. He, he kind of has yeah. that attitude. He's like, got like, yeah, the I swag. Got, I, and, I, and
2: you know what? I we saw him a couple years ago at 66 Sixers, but. Last year against the Dodgers, yeah, he was oh, yeah. A, he was in like a second and third situation, struck out. Yep. I was it Bellinger? Bellinger or was yeah. it Nelson
1: Seeger, right? Yeah, yeah. and back he came back.
2: off and he was high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you like that from a closer? You, you do like, absolutely he makes you throw a little harder, makes yep. you you know focus a little bit more. I I like that from him. I don't yeah. know, I mean, he's young, so that kind of scares me. But yeah, I, I mean, throw him out there. I mean, yeah.
3: Yeah. Key Key is the guy I'd want to you know. Cam Bedrosian, Bedrosian, I think, is kind of a a more of like an eighth inning guy. Maybe he's your setup guy, and then you go to the closer, or vice versa, for that matter. I mean, I I think we have an opportunity with the whole Shields Rodriguez thing back in the day. Maybe I mean, you know, maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse, but I'm just saying, you got two guys with really good stuff that can really, you know, they're kind of interchangeable, right? Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And and we talked about it on on our last podcast. You kind of maybe you do give you know Blake Parker the first go at it, Mm -hmm. but his leash isn't going to be long. Like I, don't, right. I I I can't see him maybe blowing maybe one or two and then like okay we'll give you know key the next yeah. shot and then let's let it ride out I can see him playing you know closure by committee till maybe the all star break or maybe even before if someone's in a rhythm they're gonna run that horse.
3: Yeah. I'll be honest my one of my things is why not just go after Holland I mean he's still out there he's probably the best free agent closer available right now I mean maybe throw some money at that guy for a short contract you know yeah. see if he'll come on down and. and- I, I
1: mean, I've heard that their Angels are interested. I just it's just a matter it's just a matter a of the money. Game. Yeah. Numbers game, yeah. You don't yeah. know what
2: they're asking for. Because yeah. right. for all you know, they could have an offer on the table for yeah. two years, X amount of money, but he's, right. he, maybe he's holding out for that. And, and the Angels years.
1: maybe don't want to go for that two or three year deal because we do got a guy like Keenan Middleton right. and stuff like that. And let's not forget, we got Jim Johnson in there that oh, has closed on, games before. No, he can be that Chris that Chris Carter guy in the bullpen where like <laughs> everyone's everyone's blowing games. Let's go to Jim Johnson and see what he can do. Yeah, he did close back to back seasons with 50 saves. So. 80, 87 mile an hour path fastball, yeah. man. He's, he's striking striking fear in the of everybody. Yeah. hearts of everybody. Houston Street version 2.0, but I mean, there's there's guys that you can that can close games. Yeah. For you there. You know, Keenan, Blake, Cam, Jim have all closed games. Even uh, Paredes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's closed the game out before there for the Angels. Um, uh, you know, are. Our situational guy, is Jose Alvarez, um, we did yeah. pick up Crow, so I don't know, uh, Ian Crow, uh, so he can be that left-handed guy. I, I don't know, the, the the bullpen, to me, the back end looks good with all the young arms, and the, the future looks bright, but does it pan out the way we want to? I think I agree with Dan, it could be closer yeah. by committee for a while.
2: And, and, and then this is a, a quote from Epler um, that was tweeted out, uh, quote, we feel very good about the group we have here. We are not looking to pursue anything. We are open-minded to things that come around. So, I mean, to me, that kind of seems like we're not really interested in anything out there. But eh, leaving the door open. If if a Holland is able to bring its price yeah. down or his years down, we're not going to say no to right. it. But it seems like he's pretty set. Like yeah, yeah. We're this is what we're offering you. We're not moving from this. So if you like it, great. If not, we have enough to to go on.
4: Sure. Without
2: yeah. any kind of drama or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Well, I have a clip uh, here. Talking about the Angels bullpen, the Angels bullpen threw 569 innings last year, which was like eighth most in the Major Leagues. That's a lot. I don't yeah. think, and think about the guys that threw those innings. A lot of unproven guys. Right. And True. they kept us in a wild card a Parker, spot. The Parker bullpen.
2: Parker, Petit, yes. can, uh, he, yeah. when he came up. Yeah, yeah, the bullpen Pitagin, was Pitagin, yeah. To
1: me, the bullpen was the MVP of our season last year because of the injuries to the guys in the rotation. Yeah. This bullpen threw a lot of innings. A lot most, of un, unproven guys throwing a lot of quality. Innings. Most of
2: those those bullpen guys were actually end up being started yeah. with JC and,
1: and yeah. So this and is Thomas. a clip talking about that uh, Cameron Drosian. It's Cameron Drosian and Blake Parker talking about their their roles or the bullpen heading into the 2018 season
4: on the mound. Of course, you know, you you want to be in the back end of that, that uh the that bullpen. Uh, but, you know, I'm always down there, like I said last year, and I'll say forever, man. And whenever that call is made and, and they uh, say my name, I'm going to go in and pitch. So that's just kind of the way I always look at it. Um, and, uh, you know, this year is no different.
0: I try to take the same approach since day one um, of my career is, uh, you know, pitch with a chip on your shoulder. Pitch, uh, you know, like you're uh, out to prove something, like you have something to prove. Um You know, and that's not something I want to change. I know we got a good group of guys, good group of pitchers, um, as well as position players. So I'm really excited to get out here and throw and and get in the warm weather and, and get it going. All
1: right, so what I like about that is, take two, what I like about that is I heard a lot of enthusiasm. They want to grab the ball, they want to go on the hill, they want to throw. That's important. Um, you can't be timid. You can't have the jitters. I'm, you're going to be a little jittery, but you got to want to have the ball. And we were talking about Keenan Middleton. That's the kind of guy you want out there, guys that want the ball, guys that want to improve, guys that want to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about the six-man rotation and who gets that six-man. To me, it's Garrett Richards, right. Andrew Heaney. And not in this order. Garrett Richards, Skags. Andrew Heaney, Titor Skaggs. I got – you. I have to say Parker Bridwell. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shohei Otani. And then the sixth one, JC Ramirez. I'm going to have to say, JC, coming off injury, I hope he does well. But JC led the team or was tied with the team leading wins last year. So I'm going to agree with you, Jason. JC Ramirez, Daniel, what do
3: you got? I have kind of almost the same.
2: back yeah, at all especially especially
0: all especially if you don't need him right yeah. away
2: let him to you know get his confidence back yeah. in his arm and his elbow that's not a big deal now it comes down to jc and bridwell i would say bridwell kind of has the inside track just because yeah. depending on we haven't seen jc pitch yeah you know plain and simple. Like, yeah spring training so you don't want to take a lot into into uh, good or bad but you've got to be able to get out there mm-hmm. so without seeing jc maybe they delay his rehab, not delay it, but maybe extend it out to maybe he misses the first couple weeks of the season, so Bridwell can slide into that sixth spot. If he does well, then you kind of say JC. Remember, JC got brought here to be a long guy in their bullpen. Right. Yeah. He was never supposed to be kind of what we we're talking about before. He was never supposed to be a starter. Right. He just kind of got into that spot and made the best of it, which is great. But you gotta, you know, realize that you came here to be something. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. And So if Bridwell struggles, then yeah, then you give him that opportunity, and then right. same thing with the closer whoever picks it up and runs with it that's who you go with you know what i mean so i have no question about oh i guess shoemaker kind of whatever skaggs got kind of lit up haney looked really good well tawny still kind of a question mark just being brand new yeah Rich, i think is probably gonna be opening day starter yeah but um jc and bridwell i I think those are going to be the guys that are going to compete for that six that six rotation spot i
3: I think bridwell for me bridwell is a given i think it's going to come down to jc or matt shoemaker I, yeah. I I love Shu, but at the same time, he doesn't have the same kind of stuff that a J.C. Ramirez has, that a Parker Bridwell has, even that a Tropiano has. But I agree with you guys. With the Tommy John surgery, you don't want to rush him back. But yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with J.C. Ramirez. I think he, getting that lefty arm in there uh, to kind of complement uh, some of the well. You obviously have Haney and Skaggs. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But I think I think J.C. is our sixth man. If they still go the that route, who knows? It could come down to where they say. We're gonna go with the fifth man and give him more, you know. Yeah, yeah. Interchangeable, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, I can see JC fitting into the bullpen, being the long guy. If mm-hmm. the Angels do decide to go that route because of the Shoemaker, Shoemaker being a veteran now, and he, you know if he stays healthy, can throw you innings.
2: Yeah, but he, he just needs to
1: be able to go back to the Shoemaker of you know two three years ago. Sure, um, he's got it. It's just a matter of him. How long do the Angels go with him if he continues to struggle? Yeah, and and it. The good thing is that they do have a guy like J.C. Ramirez in Mm -hmm. that, waiting in the wing. I I think you're right, I agree with you with Parker Bridwell. I think he's a given. The guy, I love him on the mound, his presence on the mound, his poise. He's got great stuff. Um, He pitched good today, I think, was it today? Yeah, he pitched good today. Uh, But I'm I'm digging Parker. Um, To me, the odd man out is Matt Shoemaker, in my honest opinion. So, um, moving along, every week we have a poll question. Uh, Daniel, want to take the poll question here? Yeah, we
2: kind of talked about it a little bit already. But the poll question was simple was as a fan, what are you more interested in seeing develop? Uh, who comes out of the closer's role or who comes into what well, we just talked about the end of the rotation spot? Mm-hmm. So um, 69% of the people voted and, and they said the closure role. They're more interested to in see how the closure role develops and obviously 31% uh, the end of the rotation. So yeah,
1: I think- I, that was, I mean, the closer role because of the options that we have. Right. And I think the, the, the rotation is like, it's pretty much set, set for a few guys here and there. That you can interchange. Um, I think either way the Angels go with the sixth guy, it's it works out good for us. Uh, the closers were always like, who's gonna close the game out? I mean, yeah. Like, who's like, we all love Keenan, we all love his stuff, but we all know that Parker, uh, Blake Parker, did a good job towards the end of the year last year. We yeah. all know that there's a guy like Cam Bedrosian, who was our closer last year. When, who can do who it. Who can do it. so. There's that intrigue there, and people kind of want to know what's going to be the deal towards the end. You know, the Angels have had their fair share of great closers, Brian Harvey, to a personal, but we've had guys like Ernesto Fieri and Chris character Chris, Chris, <laughs> johnsons Good favorite, Lord. Brian Fuentes. Oh, God. So, uh, <laughs> yes, right. so you know, hey, uh, I can see why the fans, our listeners, went the bullpen route. Um, I would quickly want to... Chris, come over here real quick. Now, uh who was you wanted to shout out somebody because i brought to you for the collection here at halo haven i didn't even know this was a rare item um i've had it in my possession since i was like five years old i went to the game where they gave them out uh chris you want to tell you want to give the shout out to that person and what the item is
4: yes uh, we want to give a shout out to a question we got on instagram it's by Tompe. Four four, so that's T-H-O-M-P-Y-4-4. Four four. He sent us a random question. Um, he just wanted to know. Let me read it to you. He said, hey, I really appreciate your page. And as a collector, I love many of the items you have. I'm just wondering, have you ever heard or seen the 1979-ish heavenly halo? It's basically a yellow halo that spins on a stick and makes noise. Dying to find one. Looking forward to your next podcast. The crazy thing is, is that John actually is the owner of two Heavenly Halos, which kind of took Angel Stadium by craze. And yeah, you're right. You're close. Uh, In the 1985 silver anniversary season, um, somebody actually from our hometown of Riverside, a guy that worked with my my friend's dad, I think over at Roar. Or roar Aircraft, which is right down the street. He did, he came up with the idea. He marketed it. And from what I understand, he probably sold it to the angels. And they gave it as a giveaway. So mm-hmm. it's just on a stick. You spin it around. It's like a noisemaker. Yeah. But it, it's kind of cool. Yeah.
1: It's it's a yellow halo on a stick. Um, I don't remember that. I, had, I have two of them. Um, go ahead and spin it.
3: Cool.
4: It's like a little noisemaker crank. And it but still you have a, works. And you have a halo. Hovering above your head.
1: If you guys watch the <laughs> Calling All Angels before the, the games, the Calling All Angels video. Yeah. There's a clip of the guys running out and you could see the fans in the background spinning oh, okay. the Heavenly Halo. So if you guys want to check that out, pay attention next oh, time we go to the man. game. Um, it was funny because the first time I interviewed I interviewed Chris for the podcast about a year and a half ago. And we were talking about, I had asked him about a rare items and he he answered his question and then he goes, there's also this thing called the heavenly halo. It's a noise maker on a stick. It's pretty freaking rare. And I go, wow, I have two of them, man. So um, it's crazy that you would ask that question and I actually have two. Um, one's mine, one's Chris, so. I'm not selling. I'm not going to sell mine. I don't think Chris is going to want to. I'm not sure.
4: Yeah, and it's wanna... pretty rare. I mean, I'm, I frequent eBay quite a bit, in yeah. ten years of looking through you know thousands of auctions, I've never seen one. So, good question. If we come across one, we'll we'll take care of you.
3: Yeah.
1: But, if, if we find another one for whatever, because my parents' garage is a. It's Pandora's box of angels memory treasure trove. It really is. Like every time I go there, I'll find something different that we've picked up throughout the years. And my parent my dad's a kind of kinda of guy that kept everything. So not a hoarder, but he, ish. Hoarder he ish. kinda <laughs> like he he would look at something and go, This would be pretty cool in twenty years. Yeah. And look at the heavenly That's halo awesome, right man. here. Um also wanna quickly shout out somebody who one of our listeners that was talking about going through it here. it's mike okay mike vigil said i saw the rally bus in motion (laughs) where and when can i see this for myself um daniel uh or you guys know more info about the yeah at uh empire yeah
2: um for people that don't know we have a pretty good relationship with the empire 66ers the single a affiliate the high a single a affiliate of of the angels um they reached out to chris not too long ago once they saw the the bus up and running about doing a kind of a fundraiser they have at their stadium on uh, April 8th. It's a Sunday game. This is the 66ers, second annual Touch a Truck um, fundraiser, I guess. It's going to be from 11 to 1.30, and then there's a game right after. So, as far as our first official um, you know, uh, booking, I guess. I don't know what you want to call <laughs> it. That's going to be it. I know Chris is talking about taking it down for opening day. Um, he knows more about that than I do but uh, go
4: go Yeah, but the touch of truck tr- uh, vent seems pretty cool. So they'll have like SWAT, a SWAT vehicle out there, they'll have a fire truck, cop cars, all that cool stuff and, and then our bus. And then there'll be us. And <laughs> then there'll be the bus. It might be a little, a little bit more bootleg than the, the rest. Uh, hanging out with all the law enforcement, we're we're honored to be included yeah, in sure. it. Yeah. So kids will have the opportunity to actually tour the bus, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk a little bit about it. And I think the guys are going to be doing a live podcast, yeah, giveaways. Yeah. We'll be doing giving giveaways. Maybe so. like some wiffle ball out there. Yeah. Who knows? Whatever
1: we can do to make. You know, a little cornhole or whatever. Yeah. You know, so we'll have
4: the baseball. Yeah. So we'll, bus post, out there. Yeah, we'll
2: definitely post more about it when it gets closer and they come out with like an official flyer and all that stuff. We'll make sure you guys know about it or hear about it. But um, right now it's uh, uh, April 8th. It's a Sunday game at the Illinois Power 66ers in San Bernardino.
4: Yeah, and if you actually live in the, the greater Riverside area, you might actually catch the rally bus out we on the streets. We were in there just uh,
2: before the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we
4: did a little. We pre-gamed the podcast by driving around the, the streets of Riverside. It was a little sketch. It was a little
1: sketch. Yeah. But, like, you know, it was. It's, it's all right. You guys all had,
4: you know, helmets on and all that. Yeah. You know, so we're good. I held on tight. Just no seatbelts. But we had helmets. It's yeah, all we good.
1: had we had helmets. And they weren't real ones. They were the little plastic gimmicky helmets. But it's all good. Nacho helmets. Yeah, nacho. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. So we, we we're all right. We're, we did the podcast. You we're alive. We're good all right so um jason we're gonna plug your show go ahead and let the people know where they can find the dose Lepercons podcast and the good stuff instagram twitter whatever you got yeah good stuff where they can find you and what you do on your podcast (laughs) thank
3: you guys for that opportunity yeah you can find us on facebook Uh, we do our show on facebook live we have a former guest with former notre dame uh greats Uh, we talk a little wrestling talk a little mma talk a little bit about everything uh, so it's just been an honor to be here on the Halos uh, Haven podcast. Excited to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, it's good stuff. I. Uh, so yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, pretty much anywhere. Cool, and it's
1: at Dos Leprechauns? At Do you yeah. want to spell that out for the people? Yep,
3: it's D O S L E P R E C H A U N S. All one word. See, every week we plug him on
1: on my other wrestling he podcast. Doesn't and blazing malfunsky wrestling podcast where you can catch a read another at, promo yeah <laughs> on street.com and on <laughs> she, itunes So give pop. us give us that subscribe um no we try malfunsky myself always try to spell out leprechauns and we're like L E P. however that's how you spell it don't, <laughs> don't, don't le- So hans le- so yeah, yeah. we got Rekons. the man here so that's why i wanted him to spell it out Thank you. so daniel where can they find uh, halo haven
2: yeah same thing on on twitter and on instagram it's halo underscore haven uh, that's again on on Twitter and on Instagram. Halo underscore Haven. Um, emails, uh, email us questions. All Podcast at Gmail dot com. Email us questions. We'll read them on on our uh, on our podcast. We're going to go weekly now that the season's about to start. So the more we get in, the better. If something pops up during a game you have questions about or comments about. Shoot us an email. And we'll talk about it on the on the podcast.
1: Cool. Quickly, real quick. Uh, Rob Lastings. Hit us up, shoot us your address. You won uh, one of the bobbleheads, um, David Soto. Yours is,
4: yeah,
1: it's on the way. Or... Yeah, it's it's there. Oh, oh you got, got it. it. Okay, he okay. Should have got it by now. Okay, David, yours got sent out. Let us know if you got
4: it because we want to know. Shoot us a picture. Send us a picture with you in the box. Yeah, show us where you put it. Yeah, yeah. We gave him a little care package. We have a you know a All Angels podcast decal that was thrown in there. Some random stuff around. Spring training button. All that cool stuff. So just one more time. When are you going to spring training, Joan?
1: I am leaving Friday. My good friend Jason here. Yes, is sir. Be I'll there. be there too. So.
2: And then and then Chris, when do you plan to go out to spring yeah, I'm gonna training? I'm
4: going to be there the 9th through the eleventh. Uh, look for the setup in the parking lot. We're actually going to have a DJ music, all that good Sweet. stuff. There we
2: go. I can't make it this year because I got a wedding, but, you know, next year
1: I'll go even longer.
2: I
3: see what your priorities are, bro. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Come
1: on, get it together. No, man, (laughs) thank you guys for listening to us. And uh, as always, man, we appreciate the support. Hit us up like Daniel said on allangelspodcasts at gmail.com or on the Facebook and Twitter as well where Dan does a good job and and Chris does a good job of making sure you guys uh, answer your answers get your questions get answered and, and the communication and catch the rally bus on the road. That's the thing. Big red bus with a big miss, red hat Can't miss, hat it. Can't miss hat. it. I'm telling you, you can't miss kinds. it. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys. We'll be getting, as soon as the season starts, I think next month, we're going yeah. weekly. Weekly. So This is our this is our last monthly, pod, like once a month podcast. Season starts. We're going to start going every Thursday as always. All right. Catch you guys later, Jason. Thanks, thanks again for thank joining us. Thank you, guys. All right, Chris. Thanks for hosting us again here in the studios at Halo Haven. Give us a ride on the bus. And uh, if uh, you don't hear from us in the next podcast, we've Chris (laughs) flipped the bus. (laughs) All right, guys. You guys have a good one.